this morning. The uh, reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. Well, Paul's writing to a church, you know, first of all, these aren't churches like you would expect them to be. They're just tiny little gatherings of people, maybe no more than six to 12 people. You know, we have this image of them being like hundreds of people, but no, it's almost, it's almost impossible that they were any bigger than just a dozen people. So, because most Christians were running out of fear, they were hiding, and so you didn't want to be a big gathering of people because then you'd be a big target. So, but this, these Christians in Colossae, whether there were just one house church or whether there were many, there was a problem. There was a problem in Colossae in that a lot of false teachers had moved in. You know, wherever there's a void, somebody's going to come in and try to take over the leadership or try to express an understanding that, you know, may, may uh, flatter them. And so Paul has this problem because Paul's just one guy. And this is like, a, this is an issue. So he starts writing these letters, and this is one of the letters he wrote to say, trying to offset these false teachings. And so what we have here is the, the introduction to his letter to the church in Colossae, which he probably wrote somewhere around A.D. 60. So Christianity's starting to gel now, so he can speak with a little bit more authority. And uh, so he's trying to show them the superiority of Jesus Christ. And so in this passage, you'll, you, you will hear him laying the groundwork for that. But like I said, it's just the introduction. But for the sake of, uh, for the sake of our recording this morning, I'm going to read the passage for you. So with that, Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the world, whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, as it, is also, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood. The grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy." giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May God bless the reading of this word. The question for this morning is, are you bearing fruit? 
Are you bearing fruit? A benefit of living in a rural community is that this time of year, you know, the roadside farm stands that we see, every, the ubiquitous, you know, whether it's the, the trunk of the car open or whether somebody set up some card tables to set out their cucumbers and stuff or whether it's, whether it's a little bit more significant, you know, where they have the umbrella out or the awning out and they're there every year and you know they're going to be there. But living out in rural settings, it's really pleasant because there's, there's probably nothing more, more um, delicious than, than fresh produce, fresh fruit, bearing fruit. And so... But the, the one that always catches my eye, because it's so, it's so prevalent in New Kent County, in this area of Virginia, is that the blackberry. The blackberry. I love them. Oh, it is so sweet. It is so good. It tastes like jelly right now. So, but the blackberry, I don't know if any of you pick them, any of you really like them, but they can make jam. They make great, you know, syrup for pancakes. It's like jellies and stuff. Cobbler. It just keeps going, doesn't it, Blues Man? Yeah. So, oh, that was good. I think I'm going to go get another one. So, but, uh, wow. Uh, I don't have enough for all of y'all. <laughs> so, so, but the thing is, is that bearing fruit is the, is the, um, the subject of this message this morning. And, you know, we know, if you go online, you can find, from, you know, from the state of Virginia, you can find the, the calendar of when things will be harvested, you know, and blackberries are June and July, and, you know, and then you go with some of the later stuff like pumpkins, that's way off into September and October. But it's, the point is, is that, as we know, well know, Things, plants don't bear fruit all year long. They have their seasons. And there, we accept that, that there is a season for each of these fruits and vegetables. But, but sometimes Christians act the same way too. And they have seasons where they bear fruit. And then they don't the rest of the year. But Paul, see, Paul is working on that because Paul's like saying, no, no. That may be what the false teachers have taught you. But... You're expected to bear fruit all year long. You're expected to bear fruit in your good works and in your words that come out of your mouth all year long. So therefore, don't behave like, you know, the, the, the plants of this creation, but create as, act as those who are worthy of the Lord. Act as those who are walking in the way of the Lord. And that is to bear fruit continuously. Well, what does that mean to bear fruit? You know, because sometimes people say, well, I do good things. I do good works. You know, I help people. I help my neighbor build a ramp for my neighbor. I help my neighbor. I helped them start the car last week. You know, I help my neighbor. That's good fruit. And, and, you know, if that was the case, everybody's doing it because, you know, I'm a believer that people are inherently good. People simply want to be good and do good. It, the news, the media, and whatnot, the churches will make you think that people are inherently bad and they need to change. But actually, I'm on the other side. And I said, people are inherently good. And they do good deeds. But is that bearing fruit? And my answer is no. It's not bearing fruit. You can be as good as you want. That's not bearing fruit in the words of Paul. 
because Paul had a sentiment in there that Paul wanted to teach people that this is what bearing fruit means. And that is that the works give glory to Jesus Christ. That the works may be thanksgiving. It might be praising the Lord. It also may be simply what you say as a witness to Jesus Christ. That's the bearing fruit that Paul wants. Because Paul accepts everybody's good, everybody's doing good, everybody's helping each other, but it's only that Christian calling to bear fruit. So, what does that mean? And that means that, you know, as, as you go through your daily life, as you help people, as you work with people, it's, it's not truly about how, what you do to them, but it's how you phrase it in the working of God. Because I've met people that do good works, and you know, it's obvious when you engage with them that they are a missionary, they are a servant, they are a worker of the Lord. And you can hear it. They don't, they're not beating you with a Bible. They're not trying to convert you to you know, Christianity. They're simply making the claim that I, but for the grace of God, go on. My mom used to say that all the time. I think she said it every day. And she had this way of just inserting it into all kinds of things, you know, and uh, especially when we were acting up. <laughs> and so, so uh, she raised three boys. She had plenty of opportunity to say, but for the grace of God, go on. So, but the thing is, is that as we look at this, is that it's not enough in Paul's eyes to just be a good person. It's not. If you call yourself a Christian, it's not enough just to do good works but it's to bear fruit in those good works. And what does that mean? That means to, in the midst of that setting, in the way you do it, give praise to God. Give thanks to God that you have the strength to do a good work. Give praise to God that you've been given the opportunity to do good work. And also, to simply, in the language that you use, reflect where Jesus Christ is in your life. It's that simple. But I'll even make it simpler. I'll make it even make it so simple. You know how I find quotes from the oddest places? You know, well, this one came from Stephen King. Imagine that. So Stephen King, in his writings, he, had, he made this phrase that's just perfect for this morning. And he said, one sentence, a life without love is like a tree without fruit. A life without love is like a tree without fruit. And if you think about it, a life that shows no love for anyone, but for yourself maybe, but shows no love for anyone, is like a tree without fruit. And what do we do with trees that won't fruit? Cut them down. That's right. And that's the way God looks at it. Because God makes it really simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. So really, if you take and boil down Paul's message out of this about bearing fruit, it's simply love. Love the one you're helping. Don't do it in order to gain entry into heaven. Don't do it because it's going to make you feel better. Don't do it because it's going to make you look really good. Don't do it because it's a tax deduction. Don't do it because you're trying to impress the members of your church. Do it because you love. Because a tree without love, I mean a life without love is like a tree without fruit. I think that as I look to this, and I looked at Vacation Bible School, and for those listening to this recording, is that 
I'm looking at the chancel, which has been converted. The choir's chairs are gone, and the modesty panels are over on the side. And what I see before me is a mural of an African scene where there's mountains with snow on it, and there's a valley, and in the valley there are creatures. There's a hippopotamus, there's elephants, there's zebras. And then if you back away from that, there is, the, there is a wonderful rendition of or wonderful recreation of a jeep that they have done with paper and odds and ends and it looks really good and beside that there's a tree that's made out of paper and it is looming over my head it's probably about nine to ten feet tall with animals at its base then there's drums on the floor that they have made out of paper and then there are like stuffed animals everywhere. There's a little lion, there's a, there's a little monkey, there's all kinds of things. There's a snake in the background. But the whole thing is that they've converted it for the theme of the day. Adults did this. Adults that are visible, invisible to us right now. Adults did this. They came in on their own time because they love the children. And they love this aspect of ministry. They're doing it. Their good deed reflects that love. And I see it every summer. And it's just wonderful to experience time and time again. Over the years, I have seen so many different settings on this stage, from, uh, from chemistry labs to construction sites to now to a jungle scene. And every time, I just feel the love these adult leaders have for our children and for our church. And that's the fruit of their good works, is that can you feel the love? When you help somebody, can they feel the love? That's what Paul's talking about, to feel the love. Are you bearing fruit? Only you know. Are you bearing fruit? Most likely, most likely, because you're well on the way if you're sitting here. So, but it's, it's something to consider as you go through your week. And consider all the adults that have contributed or that are, or have taken their time to come here and help lead your youth. Let us pray. Lord, you give us opportunity to, to bear fruit. You give us opportunity to, to show our love. You give us opportunity to, to, to give thanks to you, to praise you, to talk about you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that by the Holy Spirit that you strengthen each of us, that when that opportunity comes and you call upon us, Lord, that indeed we walk in your way and that we do indeed elevate our lives to be worthy of your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.